You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Good morning. And good morning to all of those joining us, Grace Online, wherever you would be uh, around the world. Great to have you connecting in with us in worship this morning. But if you have your Bibles, if you would take those and look with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. Easy to find, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, chapter 4. And as you're turning there, because you are super talented, and I know you can multitask, as you're turning to Matthew 4, turn to your neighbor and ask them this question, what step do you need to take? And then allow them to ask you the same question. What step do you need to take? I was recently reading an amazing story of a man by the name of Edmund Hillary. Maybe you're familiar with that name. Edmund Hillary was a mountain climber from New Zealand who was the first, one of the first men to climb to the top of Mount Everest. Mount Everest is the world's highest mountain with a peak of 29,029 feet. Climbing the mountains is a really a, like this unbelievable challenge due to the freezing temperatures, the danger of sheer cliffs, uh, hypoxia, which is not enough oxygen to the brain. There's all of these challenges that have to be overcome if someone's going to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Well, Edmund Hillary overcame the challenges. It was one of the first men to conquer the mountain. The year was, or the date was May 29, 1953. And as dangerous and complicated as the climb was, it all began with Edmund Hillary taking the first step. And then he took the next step. Henry, you know, he had never got to the top he had, if he hadn't taken the first step. And so what, first step's pretty critical, right? He was willing to take the first step. He uh, navigated the challenge. It's like no one had been to the top before, so it's not like the trail had been blazed. He was blazing the trail as he made... Uh, being the first man to make the ascent to the top of the mountain. But critical, it all happened because he took the first step. Then he took the next step. There's another amazing story that I think illustrates the power of taking the next step. It's, it's the story of, of a lady by the name of Wilma Rudolph. Wilma Rudolph was the 20th of 22 children. Can you say, oh me for the mom? 20 of 22 and Wilma was born prematurely, and the, actually the doctors didn't think she would survive, but, but she did. At age four, she contracted pneumonia, double pneumonia, scarlet fever. As a result of the scarlet fever, her left leg was paralyzed and her foot was a bit deformed, and she was told that she would never walk, but she did. With the help of a brace, by age nine, she learned to walk with the brace, doing what? She was told she would never do. And then at age 13, she decided she wanted to run. Pretty amazing. And so she signed up for her first race, ran her first race, and came in dead last. The next three years, she signed up for race after race after race and continued to come in dead last. And then there was the day when she signed up for a race and won the race. Went on amazing for a young lady who was told she would... Uh, never walk, much less run, in 1960 at the Olympics in China, won three gold medals. First woman to ever win three gold medals in track and field events. In the 60s, she became known as the fastest woman on the planet Earth. Amazing. How did she do that? Wilma Rudolph took the next step, and then she took the next step. So then she took the next step. I happen to believe that the story of 
of Edmund and Wilma are not anomalies. What I'm convinced of this morning is that God has placed greater destiny, greater plans, greater future for each of our lives. But hear me, friends, this is what it requires of us, a willingness to take the next step. Now, I love the verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 2.9. It reads like this. No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That verse tells me this this morning, that God has greater, God has more. God has greater that he wants to unleash in your life. But hear me, it's always connected to you being willing to take the next step. For you being willing to step into what God has for you. You know, one of the most asked questions uh, among sincere Christ followers is this question, what's God's will for my life? I mean, I'm asked that question all the time. And what we want, what we want is a detailed plan. We want a detailed map. We want God to spell it out so we can, like, follow the directions. And too often, I think we want it clear and uncomplicated, but God doesn't seem to work like that. That's why we call this pursuit of Christ, we call this a journey of faith. Why? It's not a journey so much of fact. It's a journey of faith and that we're continually being invited to take the next step and many times that taking of the next step is stepping into the unknown it's stepping into what we don't know by faith what we're trusting in the goodness and the provision of God as we're taking the next step and what God makes clear is that when we're committed to him and we're committed to following him he'll make sure that he gets us to the right place at the right time and that he accomplishes what he wants to accomplish through our lives And what God can do through the person who's willing to take the next step is absolutely limitless. But if you're like me, here's the challenge. I want to know more information. I want to know the details. I mean, it's just the way I'm wired. If you were to stop by my office and say, hey, pastor, come get in the truck. Let's go somewhere. I'm going to want to know where where we're going. How long are we going to be there? What are we going to do while we're there? And what do I need to do to get prepared for the trip that we're going to take? I want more details. I want more information. I I want to know what's, what's the rest of the plan. What's the rest of the story? See, I think we often want to know the whole plan God's calling us to. But most of the time, hear me, most of the time he's guiding us to take the next step. To obediently follow him by faith. And then he directs the path of our lives. We see this playing out with the men that Jesus called to be his disciples, the men he called to follow him, and that Jesus asked them to take the next step. And what's interesting is he didn't tell them the rest of the story. He didn't give them the whole plan. He just said, hey, take the next step. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, you have your Bibles there. As well, it's on the screen. So would you read this with me? Let's read this together this morning. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Notice as you look at this verse, Jesus didn't tell them what the next five years was going to look like. Jesus didn't tell them the joy of what they would experience as well as the challenge and the pain and the adversity. He simply said, take the next step. He simply said, follow me. 
I mean, I think of Peter. At this point, Peter didn't know that one day he would walk on water. Peter didn't know that he would see hundreds of miracles that Jesus would perform. Peter, Peter didn't know that he would deny the very one that he said he would die for. Peter didn't know that he would be an eyewitness at the foot of the cross watching Jesus be sacrificed. Peter didn't know that he would be one of the first men to see the empty tomb. Peter had no idea he would be like the leader of the early church. Read the book of Acts. And that he would preach his first sermon and 3,000 people would get saved. Peter didn't know that he would die a martyr's death being crucified on a cross upside down. Jesus didn't give Peter all the details. He just invited him to take the next step. And what we see happening for Peter is not an anomaly. If you look at the rest of the disciples that Jesus called, it's much the same. If you look on down to verse 20 and 21, Matthew chapter 4, there's two other brothers. There's James and John, and it's the same. Jesus comes along, they're, they're fishing, and he says, hey, follow me. What was he saying? Take the next step. It was not just... Peter and Andrew, James and John, it it was the same. It was the same for Philip. In John chapter 1, verse 43, Jesus called Philip with these words, follow me. It was the same for Matthew, the tax collector in Mark 2, 14. He said to Matthew, follow me. Take the next step. In none of these scenarios do we find detailed directions or plans to what was next or what the future held. Jesus didn't give them the details. He just invited them. To take the next step. And not only is it a pattern in the New Testament, but it's also a pattern in the Old Testament as to how God interacts with us. I could give you a number of illustrations, but for the sake of time, I want to give you one. It's the story of Abraham. Listen to how this scripture reads. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country and your people and your father's household And go to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Notice again, God didn't give Abraham all the the details of the plan. God didn't give him the next ten years. He just said, hey, I want you to go to a place you've never been before and I'm going to do something in your life. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your inheritance. I want you to leave all that you know to go to a place that you don't know. And that's all you need to know. If you read the story, Abraham did become the father of many nations. It's through Abraham's offspring that that the Messiah was born. And we, we see God working in and through Abraham being willing to take the next step. Listen, if we want to continually experience the unleashing of God's grace and His work in our lives, then we must be willing to take the next step. And the next step could be in relation like to a lot of different areas in our lives. Possibly the next step is initiating a relationship that could change the direction of your life. Possibly the next step is, is something in relation to your career path. And, and, and God's inviting you to take the next step. And it, and it changes what God's doing in your life and through your life. And it maybe positions you for that next season, that next promotion. Possibly, possibly the next step is inviting an unsaved friend or, or co-worker at work to the Nick V event and they come because you took the next step and they accept Christ as their Savior and their eternities forever changed. Why? Because you took the next step. Or maybe, maybe the next step is following a Holy Spirit prompting that could change your life or someone else's life. 
Because when we take the next step, it opens our lives in a greater way to God's presence and God's word. I think of my, my own life. 25 years ago, 25 years ago, my wife and I were pastoring in a little church in West Texas. And God was blessing it, and we saw the church double, and just God was doing good things. And in the midst of that, um, we received a call. We received an invitation to come back to to come back to North Carolina. Of course, we were excited about that opportunity. But as we received the invitation, we had a decision to make. And the decision is this. Are we going to take the next step? Are we going to leave what we know to go toward what would be unknowns? There were some things that we knew about coming back to North Carolina, but there's a lot that we didn't know. Were we going to be willing to take the next step? And obviously we did. Now looking 24 years later, Like, if I'd known God was going to do all of this, I don't know if I would have taken the step. I would have been scared to death. I would have thought, well, I could never do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the knowledge to do that. I don't have the experience to do that. But because we were willing, my wife and I were willing to take the next step, it opened our lives in a greater way for God to unleash His power, His provision, His work. In result, as thousands of lives have been changed by God simply because we took the next step. Again, I don't think like I'm anyone special. I think God will do the same through your life. But you've got to be willing to take the next step. What I'm confident of is that you cannot experience the future God has for you unless you're willing to take the next step. And as we're willing to trust God and follow God by taking the next step, well, we open our lives to His possibility. Let me say it another way. You cannot stay where you are and at the same time experience the greater future God has for you. You can't just, like, well, I'm just going to stay here. I'm pretty comfortable and I'm complacent and I'm pretty happy just staying right here. At that point, when you make that decision, and you say, I'm not going to take the next step, then you've just limited God's work in your life. We've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to, to, to take the next step. You have to be willing to move. You have to be willing to step out in faith. And Peter would have never become an apostle and leader of the elder church if he had not followed Jesus. He spent the rest of his life catching stinky fish. He was willing to take the next step. Abraham would not have become the father of many nations if he had not taken the next step and followed God into the unknown. And I would not have become the pastor of Grace Covenant some 24 years ago if I had not taken the next step. Listen, taking the next step is critical. It's critical for you to experience the greater that God wants to unleash in your life. So what keeps us from taking the next step? In the few minutes I have left, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four reasons or four things that I believe become obstacles. I've been doing this church thing a long time. Born on Wednesday and church on Sunday, I'm 54. I haven't missed many Sundays. I've been in church pretty much all my life, hanging out with church folks like you. And what I've come to discover is there's some common obstacles that keep individuals from taking the next step. So what are those? Here's the first one. It's fear of the unknown. We don't know, so we won't go. We don't have, we don't have all the answers or information that we want, so what? We don't take the next step. 
We allow fear of what we don't know to keep us from the God that we do know. Think about that for a minute. We allow fear of what we don't know to keep us from the goodness of God that we do know. A great example of this is is found in Numbers 13 and 14. You can read the story later, but let me just quickly summarize it for you. Moses has brought the children of Israel right to the edge of the promised land for the first time. God has this great land, this great future. He has this great experience before them. All they have to do is take the next step. They come to the edge of the promised land. They send in 12 spies. The spies go into the promised land. They're gone for 40 days. They bring back a report. Ten of the spies bring back a negative report. Two, being Joshua and Caleb, bring a positive report. But because of uh, the number of being ten overriding two, the scripture says that the ten spies with the negative report begin to spread bad news. Begin to say, wow, you know, the land is great, but there's giants there. The land's great, it's abundant, but there's fortified cities. We can never take the land. And the scripture says that as they spread this bad report, this negative report, that the people allowed the fear of the unknown to keep them from taking the next step. They rebelled against God and they said, hey, let's retreat back to bondage. And get this, they spent the next 40 years wandering around in the wilderness until all of those 20 years of age or older died. They never made it to the promised land. Why? Because they were not willing to take the next step. Fear of the unknown. It paralyzed, it paralyzed them. Listen, when we play it safe, we squeeze God out of the formula. If we only go where we know and if we only do what, cert, what we're certain will succeed, we remove our need for God. When you become so self-dependent that you're only doing what you think you can do and you're only doing what you want to do, then you're no longer living God-dependent. And at that point, at that point, you don't need God. Listen, you've got it all covered by yourself. Just living in yourself and what you can do. So we don't want to allow fear of the unknown to keep us from taking the next step. Erwin McManus, in one of his books, made this statement. He said, if we want to live life to the fullest, we must be willing to trust God and risk everything. If heaven had an advertising section, it would take a full-page ad that read, wanted risk-takers for God. So don't allow fear of the unknown to paralyze you. If God's prompting you to take the next step, then move. Move. Allow Him to take care of the details as you step out in faith. Listen, this is what I know. A good God's not going to leave you hanging. Amen? He's not going to lead you someplace and say, oh, yeah, you're on your own. No, uh, listen, as you, as you take the next step, following God's prompting, following the leading of the Spirit, as you take the next step, listen, God is going to meet you there. So don't allow fear of the unknown. I, I don't know. It's like this building that we're building out back. Someone asked me, how are we going to pay for that? I, I, I don't know. Well, why are you doing it? Because God said do it. It's really simple. When God speaks, we move. When God speaks, we step into it. So, the details are not mine to figure out, friends. If you're waiting for me because I'm the leader to come up with all the answers to the details and the questions, I don't have them, and I don't feel pressured to have them. 
my pressure is to hear the voice of God and to, and to tenaciously follow him. So don't allow fear of the unknown to keep you from taking the next step. Here's the second obstacle really quick. Second challenge that keeps us from taking the next step is excuses. We're looking for a way out. How many of you know when you don't want to do something, you can come up with a lot of excuses? Right? And they sound good. because well, We're trying to convince ourselves, so we make it sound good. Or we're trying to look good in the eyes of others, so we come up with these great-sounding excuses. But it's simply keeping us from taking the next step. Excuses become a major obstacle that holds us back from the future that God has. Excuses like, well, you know, I don't have the ability to do that. I I would do it, but I don't have the ability or I don't have the knowledge. Or maybe, you know, I I would love to do that, but I don't have the money to do that. Or, or, Or I would do that, but, you know, I don't have time to do that. And excuses go on and on. But oftentimes we make excuses because we're looking for a way out so we don't have to take the next step. And one of the common excuses that I hear in the life of the church is, you know, Pastor, uh, I'll pray about it. Now, I'm listen, hear me. I'm going to be very clear because I don't want to be misquoted. Don't go tweeting, Pastor doesn't believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. Just for the record. Okay, I believe I believe you should be connecting in relationship with God. I believe that we should seek the heart of God to know the will of God so we can walk in the way of God. I'm all for prayer. But I, listen, I've been in church for a long time. I've been pastoring for 30 years, and, and I hear this excuse all the time. Well, I'll pray about it. It makes us sound good and godly, doesn't it? Obviously, we want other people to think like we're really spiritual. I'll pray about it. So someone says, hey, there's this missions opportunity. Go and make a difference in people's lives. Why don't you go? Well, I'll pray about it. Where a pastor comes and says, hey, uh, we have this great opportunity for this outreach that's going to be happening. We're going to go serve some folks, bless some folks. Why don't you come and join us? Well, pastor, I will pray about it. And my question is, do you really pray about it? You know, we have a need with the four-year-olds. We need a man of God or a woman of God who loves children, who has gifts and abilities. And so someone extends an invitation, say, hey, would you consider this? We think you'd be great at it. And you say, I will. And my question is, do you really pray about it? Because often we use prayer as an excuse to keep us from taking the next step. Just being honest. Because if you haven't, at least your neighbor have said it one time, I'll pray about it. And you, you, you didn't even think about praying about it. But it sounded good. And it got you off the hook. So you didn't have to take the next step. In the book of James, chapter, 20, chapter 2, verse 22, I believe it is, the scripture says that faith without action is dead. Faith without action keeps you stuck. So listen, don't, don't get hung up making excuses when you've been invited, when you're invited to take the next step. Listen, there's only two options. You make progress or you make excuses. To make progress, you have to be willing 
to take the next step, to move beyond the excuses. Here's a third obstacle that can keep you from taking the next step is disobedience. We know, but we don't go. Not that we don't know, but we're unwilling to go. Like God's spoken or God's revealed or God's extended the invitation and we simply don't move. At this point, at this point, our will keeps us from God's way. Our will keeps us from taking the next step. And our disobedience keeps us from experiencing what God could do. And what God would do if we were willing to take the next step. I think of the story of Jonah. The prophet Jonah Jonah chapter 1 verse 2, the scripture says that the Lord spoke to Jonah and said, Jonah, I want you to go down to Nineveh and I want you to preach a message of repentance. In other words, he said, Jonah, I want you to take the next step. And if you know the story, Jonah said, no, I'm not going to do that. He blatantly disobeyed. Actually, he got on a ship headed in the other direction. And it didn't go so well for Jonah. And hear me, friend, if you're running from God, it won't go so well for you either. There's a storm. Jonah's thrown overboard. He's swallowed by a a big fish, a great fish is what the scripture says. Doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? Now, I'm not saying this morning that God's going to prepare a great fish in Lake Norman and swallow you. (laughs) But again, this is what I know. When God's inviting you to take the next step and you say, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. It always puts you in an unpleasant place. Always. So when, when God invites you to take the next step, don't allow your disobedience to live in that. When God's clearly revealed His will, then you know what to do, but don't do it. What happens? You limit God in your life and with your life. So let me ask you a question. Is there an area of your life Well, you know God's spoken to you. You know He's revealed the next step, but you've not been willing to take the next step. Maybe it's in relation to forgiving someone that's injured you, hurt you, betrayed you. You know you need to take the next step, but you've, at this point, to this point, you've been saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Maybe it's, a point of action in your work or business that could really challenge you. Maybe it's an idea if acted on could positively impact hundreds of people. Maybe it's an area of service that could be a blessing to others. So don't allow your disobedience to keep you from taking the next step that could potentially change your life and the lives of a lot of people. So as we know, we want to go, Right? As we know, I want to take that next step. Here's a final obstacle I I often see that keeps people from taking the next step. It's procrastination. We'll do it tomorrow. You know the problem with tomorrow, right? Tomorrow never comes, right? It's It's been said, actually, that tomorrow is the busiest day of the week. I remember... I remember reading something about Procrastinators Anonymous. I I think they've been in existence for some years, but they've never gotten around to having their first meeting. (laughs) Folks, here's the reality. Procrastination paralyzes us. It keeps us from doing what we know we should do, 
And it keeps us from taking the next step. We keep putting it off. Putting it off and putting it off. We keep thinking, well, you know, there's going to be a better time or a better day or a better opportunity. And the end result is we don't move, we don't act, and we don't take the next step. And we say things like, you know, I'll do it when I have more time. Um, I'll do it when I have more resources. I'll, I'll, I'll do it when I get more experience. And we keep procrastinating and, and procrastinating. Listen, procrastination will rob you of what God has for you. Why? Because you have to take the next step. Procrastination is the assassination of amazing God opportunities that He has for you. So if you struggle with procrastination and, and you know that it's keeping you from taking the next step, let me just give you a few things, a few pointers that might, that might help you. I think the first, the first step is this. Just recognize it and call it what it is. If you're a procrastinator, call it what it is. You know, the first step to transformation is acknowledging I have a problem, right? So if it, if it is just like a natural tendency for you to procrastinate in the marriage, in the home, at work... And following God and taking the next step, then own it. Just say, hey, I'm a a procrastinator. I have a problem. Here's here's the second step that might help you. Is create timelines and deadlines and stick to it. Now, if you're a procrastinator, this is going to be somewhat new for you. It's like trying on a new pair of shoes that feels really stiff and restrictive. But if you're given to procrastination, then you need some structure. You need some timelines and deadlines that can help you take the next step. And the third thing that might be helpful is once you have the timelines and the deadlines, whatever that structure looks like, You need some accountability. If I can say it like this, you need to bring some people around you that you give permission to kick you in the seat of the pants when you need it. To get you moving. Because what we don't want to allow procrastination to rob us of the future, of, of the experience of what God has for us. I want to take the next step. You know, just as Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, James and John, follow me. So I believe he's saying the same for each of us today. Listen, it hasn't changed. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying this, follow me. Take the next step. See, I believe that Christianity is as simple as following Jesus one step at a time. That's what it is. If you're waiting for all the answers, friends, you're probably not going to get it. If you're waiting for the 10-year strategic plan to drop out of heaven in your lap, it's probably not going to happen. What's Jesus saying? Simply this, follow me. Take the next step. And we take the next step. So what step, friend, what step do you need to take today? What is the next step? What obstacle might you need to move beyond to experience God and His work in a greater way in your life? Again, friends, you can't stay where you are and at the same time experience the greater that God has for you. What do you have to do? You have to be willing to take the next step. 
you pray with me? Lord, I, I thank you this morning for your goodness, your faithfulness. But when we're willing to take the next step, when we are willing by faith to follow you, stepping oftentimes into the unknown, God, it's there that you meet us. It's there that you reveal your greatness. You bring your greatness in our lives. But Lord, it does require us, as it did for Peter, as it did for Andrew, for James and John, for Abraham. It required them to take the next step. The same is true for us today. So Lord, may we be willing simply to take the next step. And follow you. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today. And you know that God's invited you to take the next step. There's a specific area that the Holy Spirit has prompted you to. He's invited you to take the next step. And, and just to be honest, you've not taken the step. Maybe it's disobedience. Maybe you're a little bit like Jonah. Maybe it's fear of the unknown. Because you, you don't know what lies ahead, you've been unwilling to take the next step. Maybe it's just procrastination. You keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Whatever the obstacle is, listen, hear me, friend. You're here today, not by chance. I believe you're here today because God dropped this message on my heart so I could challenge you that you need to take the next step. God's ready. God's able. God's willing. But you can't stay where you are in that place of complacency and at the same time experience the more that God wants to do. What do you have to do? You have to take the next step. So if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you really quick that you would have the courage to do just that. That you would be willing to move from where you're at and take the next step. Even though you may not have all the answers that you want. Even though it may make you feel really uncomfortable. Although it may really challenge you. I want to pray this morning that you would have the conviction and the courage to simply take the next step. So that's you. Really quick. Would you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you as we conclude. But I pray today for individuals here on the main floor, in the balcony, a lot of hands. For individuals who are just realizing, hey, I know here's an area that God's prompted my, the Holy Spirit has just revealed, here's the next step, and I've been unwilling to take it. Lord, I pray today that you would encourage them. Lord, I pray today that they would know, Lord, that you know exactly where they're at, and you're specifically calling them. Lord, that this message is about them and for them today. May they have the courage to take the next step. Lord, I know as Joshua took the next step, it was there that the River Jordan parted. As the woman who had the issue of the blood took the next step and touched the hem of Jesus' robe, she was miraculously healed. As the four men who carried the paralyzed man to the house, as they took the next step and went up on the roof, Lord, you you brought life to a man's body that was lifeless. 
as the tomb was rolled away and you called Lazarus forth out of the grave as he took the next step. Life came to a dead body. Lord, those are the things that happen when we take the next step. Lord, I pray today for these who would just say, yeah, I, I, I know I've been, I've, I've been stuck. God, I pray that they would have the courage. And Lord, when they take that next step, I'm so excited for how you're going to meet them in that place, how you're going to reveal your greatness to them in that place, how they're going to discover more of you in that place. Let's get what you are as we're willing to follow you by faith and take the next step. God, it's there that you bring your greatness. Lord, I thank you for it this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.